Chapter thirty three of Finn the Wolfhound by Alec John Dawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty three Back from the Wild. Four men were riding together through the low, burnt up scrub, and in front of them, holding their horses at a smart amble to be even with his jog trot, a naked aboriginal was leading the way on his own bare feet. Blurry big warrigal ye been run here said the black fellow suddenly as he stooped to examine a footprint in the trail they were following he counted the different footprints and announced to the horsemen that seven dingoes had followed the trail they were following at that moment five and two the black fellow called it ticking the number off on the fingers of one hand he explained that these dingoes led by the blurry big warrigal aforesaid must have been terribly badly in want of food and that he did not think much of the chances of the man they had followed one of the riders it was jeff nodded his head dolefully over this i reckon all the plaguey warrigals in this country must have gone crazy he said you know i told you there was a half dozen on my track but we're going right you can be dead sure of that for that was his swag we found all right and you could see the dingoes had been at that my oath to think of them brutes scratching up a fortune that way and leaving it there you wouldn't expect em to take it into town and bank it would you said one of the other men with a grin hurry on jacky this to the black fellow what time he make dem tracks eh he's fresh you think the black fellow snorted contemptuously as he explained over one shoulder that the tracks were of the previous day's making still said the rider he may not have got far he can't have got very far and again jeff nodded with sombre meaning he was always a pessimistically inclined man and in his rough way he had conceived a good deal of affection and respect for his prospecting mate another three miles were covered and then suddenly the black fellow halted with one hand raised over his head which was turned sideways in a listening attitude he explained a moment later that he could hear howling such as a blurry big warrigal might produce the party pushed on and two or three minutes later they were all able to make out the sound the black fellow had heard but the black fellow shook his head now and informed them that no warrigal ever made a howl like that 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 must be white feller dog well that's queer said jeff for jock was killed the night before we parted but say whatever it is that's a most ungodly sort of howl sure enough five or six minutes later the black fellow gave a whoop of astonishment as he topped a little ridge and came into view of the master lying prone upon the ground with finn sitting erect beside his head one of the riders pulled out a revolver when he caught sight of finn's shaggy head well may i be teetotally jiggered he growled what sort of a beast do you call that the riders galloped down the slope and flung themselves hurriedly from their horses the leading man waved his whip at finn to drive him off and then it was seen that finn's assiduous licking had been sufficient to restore the man to consciousness the master raised his head feebly and said for god's sake don't hurt the dog he saved my life killed six dingoes in front of me god's sake don't touch the and with that he lapsed again into unconsciousness while jeff propped up his head and another man produced a spirit flask and the black fellow gazed admiringly round upon the dead dingoes and the huge wolfhound who sat there with hackles raised and lips a little curled by reason of the proximity of the menfolk
but finn was perfectly conscious that the master was being helped and he showed no inclination to interfere he was watchful however and would not retreat for more than a few paces the party had brandy and water and food in plenty with them and it was not long before the master was sitting up and munching soaked bread and sipping brandy and water while one of the men cleansed and bandaged his arms where the dingoes had torn them another of the men tossed a big crust of bread to finn and seeing the way the wolfhound bolted this realized that the hound was near to starving as the man after that finn had food and drink in modest quantities and presently the master called to him and placed one arm weakly over his bony shoulders while telling the men in as few words as might be something of the manner in which finn had fought for him and the origin of their relationship exactly a week later finn lay on the balcony of a country town hotel with his nose just resting lightly on the master's knee the master was still weak he lay on a cane lounge with one hand on finn's shoulder beside him in a basket chair was the mistress of the kennels and now and again her hand was passed caressingly over finn's head there was still a good deal of gauntness about the great wolfhound but he was strong as a lion now and his dark eyes gleamed as brightly as ever through their overhanging eaves of iron-gray hair well said the master looking across at his companion over finn's head i'm not very certain about most things it takes some time to get used to being rich doesn't it i suppose we may be called rich they say the claim is good enough for half a dozen fortunes yet and sixty-odd pounds of gem opal is no trifle of itself as a matter of fact the master's swag brought him an average price of just over twenty pounds to the ounce or twenty one thousand two hundred and fifty pounds for the lot apart from his share in a very rich claim one thing i am dead sure about however and that is that come rain or shine there isn't money enough in all australia to tempt us into parting with finboy again finboy the wolfhound raised his bearded muzzle and softly licked the master's thin brown hand it was his weakness no doubt that produced a kind of wetness about the man's eyes it's sussex by the sea for us finboy in another month or so and god willing that's where you shall end your days as he responded after his own fashion to the master's assurance there was small trace in the great wolfhound's eyes of his relationship with the wild kindred of the bush end of chapter thirty three end of finn the wolfhound by alec john dawson